Welcome to All Things Sleep and Parenting. I'm Pam. And I'm Elisa. We are holistic infant and child sleep consultants with a background in early childhood education. And we're the founders of Restful Parenting. And I'm Heidi. I'm also an early childhood educator and the owner of Blossom Early Learning. Join us as we chat all things sleep, parenting, development, and everything in between. Be sure to hit subscribe and share with your friends and family. Hi everyone, we're back again for another episode this week and I am here, this is Elisa and I'm here with Pam and Heidi. Good day, good sirs and madams. Heidi just has to switch it up a little bit every once in a while. Well, she gets tired. Yeah. I get tired of the same thing you two over and over. I know, it's true. <laughs> I need a, a coffee. Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about uh, milestones and how milestones, developmental milestones can affect sleep. Wait, Short man. term. I just think it's really funny that the sleep consultants are tired. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little punny. Well, we've been, it is punny, isn't it? <laughs> we're talking about developmental milestones and how they can affect sleep. Because a lot of people don't realize that when they start to learn how to roll over, crawl, pull themselves up, that this can disrupt sleep short term. That is the key word. It is a short term sleep disruption that you work on and overcome usually within a few days to a week yes, at the most. At the very right? most, right? So we know that learning a new skill can affect their sleep and does affect their sleep. Think, Absolutely. Think about how you feel when you're about to do a big test or a big exam or you've got something super exciting on your mind that you're going on a trip next week or something. Or start a new job. Starting a new job, exactly. Yeah. All those things make our brains just work on overdrive. So we're lying down trying to sleep at night and this is all we can focus on until we actually start until we're doing it right so Mm -hmm. something exciting for us Mm -hmm. that's kind of what these developmental yeah there you go Heidi and her puzzles (laughs) so you know or or video games sometimes but (laughs) not me love Zelda (laughs) um so yes when we have something exciting then it keeps us up at night. So this is the same thing with our children when we're putting them to sleep and they're just learning how to crawl or roll over for the first times, their brains are in overdrive. Just they can't shut down. So we want them to go to sleep. They can't shut down. So I think that's one of the most important things to understand is that during this time, they can't shut down. So it, it is harder for them. But it's short term and there are some things that you can do to help them along so that they learn faster and they don't feel the need to practice as much during those sleep times. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's like a physical limitation for them because they can't get back out of that position. Yes. They put themselves in. That's our biggest, like, crawling. Absolutely. One of our biggest ones is crawling. And uh, pulling sorry. up. Sorry, sorry, sorry. One of our biggest ones is rolling. And that's yeah. kind of our first one that we see is that rolling. Mm-hmm. They, they tend to be able to go um, back to belly uh, but then they get stuck, and that's where it really disrupts sleep. They yeah. get onto their belly, and they're like, no, They might roll over like in this. their sleep, and then they wake up on their belly, and they're just like, ah, I wasn't here before. What's this? It's uncomfortable for them because they're not used to it. They're they're used to being on their back to sleep yeah. mm-hmm. for the first however many months it takes them to learn how to roll, right? Mm-hmm. 
So rolling is a really big one. Uh, the challenge, so this is what happens, right? Baby rolls, gets on, onto their belly, they start freaking out, we come running in, we open the door, oh my goodness, you're on your belly, here you go, I roll you to, back to your back, okay, good night, my love, you leave, by the time you get to the door, they're on their belly again. Mm-hmm. Ah! Right? So then you're <laughs> like, oh, like, oh okay, God, here man. we go, I'm gonna roll, help you back, and then you get to the door again, and they're on their belly again. So this very quickly can turn into... One of those games where I do this, you go right back. I do this, you go right back. And not to mention the fact that if we're always going in there and doing it for them, they won't ever learn how to do it on themselves well, because who wants to when... And that's where that... Building the muscle to do it. Yeah. And that's where that kind of milestone regression turns into a full-blown, now we've lost all sleep. Yeah. Right? So we want to make sure that this stays to a couple of days and not weeks and weeks, months and months. Yeah. So to do that comes down to our daytime. So anytime we are seeing a milestone disrupting sleep, our goal is, okay, so... I walked into the room, they were on their belly freaking out. Tomorrow, guess what we're doing, kiddo? We are practicing, 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 mm-hmm. practicing. So we really want uh, those milestones to be over sooner rather than later um, in terms of that disruption for sleep. We don't want it to last weeks and weeks and weeks. And the only and best way to do that is to practice a boatload during the day. Like, mm-hmm. literally, that's all you're doing now is like, okay, congratulations, your little one's rolling. Guess what you're doing for the next three days? You are only putting them down on their belly to play. Like, when you're putting them down to play, you're putting them down on their belly. When you are down there playing with them, you are on their belly, and you're helping them learn how to go And you're belly encouraging back, them. Belly to yeah. back. So oftentimes, if you get up, if they're on their belly, and you prop them up on their arms so that their arms are right in front of them and you come beside them and you move your own body over to the other end then they will follow you and then they kind of get that momentum to roll over on their own right because you're probably the person that they are wanting to look at the most you can use toys as well that might help Mm -hmm. but chances are you are going to be the one that's going to help them you know really want to learn how to roll as you're moving over around them so that they're tracking you and they're moving at the same time. Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure that you're practicing in on their sleeping surface because that's yes. a little mm-hmm. more squishier than the living room floor and it has a different kind of resistance. It's a little hard to push off of. Yeah. And, and if they wear a sleep sack during their sleep times, even if time, they yep. know, even if they know how to roll without the sleep sack on, if you put that little sleep sack on, then that can give them the lack of confidence on how to do it with even that just a little bit of added material when they go to sleep. So maybe they know how to roll during the day, but at bedtimes they don't, right? Mm -hmm. Once you put the sleep sack on, because for us, it seems like, oh, it's just a tiny little piece of material. But for them, they're fresh at this. They don't really know how to, to maneuver all sorts of different situation so try and practice a little bit during their awake times with that sleep sack on as well so that they're learning how to do it and super important right we're practicing at awake times um and we're practicing in their sleep space so this is going to go for all of them you want not only are we practicing all day long on the floor and everywhere else but we're also taking that time at non-sleep times to practice in the crib Mm -hmm. um exactly what Heidi said it's a different surface so that lets them get used to it it also has bars that they have to figure out how to roll and not 
whack their um, heads. Whack and... their heads or move their arms. Or... So we're learning spatial awareness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, or like only being able to roll halfway and being up against the bars. The other thing, too, is it can be very exciting when they get into a new space. So they're like, ooh, let me practice all of my new skills here. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so that kind of gets a novelty out of their system yeah. of, of I put you into bed. Look what I can do. All this fun stuff on my new mattress. Um, so we do have a video as well that kind of goes through some of the steps of being able to, um, help them. Take their like, foot. Yeah, and... like the way you're going to position your leg, their leg. Because what it is for rolling, it's, it's that going from stomach to back, it's that not knowing, it's that fall essentially, right? Because they have to kind of let themselves go and that's what can hold, um, a lot of them back or come with some... You know, not anxiety, but like, like that little bit of fear of kind of like that free fall of, oh, okay, go, whew, the bed wasn't that far. Right, mm-hmm. and so what is actually happening in their brain is we're triggering that vestibular system by that rolling over. Some little ones um, don't like a lot of vestibular stimulation. Ooh. So if they kind of experience that whoosh feeling, they can be kind of scared, like, oh my goodness, I don't know how to mm-hmm. get back into that, and I don't want that feeling again. Yeah. That can happen to them, so practicing even going a little bit slower. Um, a couple of other important things to remember, too, is that once your baby is rolling from his back to his front, you don't need to go back in and reposition them. And then we also don't want to have them swaddled. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they have their arms free for moving their body around. Yes. Yeah, so once they're comfortable going from uh, back to belly and then belly to back, if they prefer to sleep on their belly... Mm. You can let them sleep on their belly. Chances are they they often will prefer to sleep on their belly once it's a little more comfortable for them. Mm -hmm. Mammals do prefer to sleep on their belly. They sleep better on their belly. They do. But we know that it's a risk factor for SIDS. Yes. So that's why. But once they're rolling confidently from from especially belly to back. It's the scariest thing for us as parents to witness our children sleeping on their bellies for the first time because they might be face down. They're Um, always face down. (laughs) No squished right into yeah, we look at them that first time and we panic and we just want to go in and roll yeah. them back over so that they are not sleeping on their belly, but they're going to roll back. Mm-hmm. Once they figure out that they like to sleep on their belly, they're just going to get right back there. Yeah. Yeah. So once they're comfortable rolling, um, then absolutely. So yeah. So as soon as you start seeing them roll, even once you're going to practice, 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 practice. You're going to work on unswaddling them. And then um, once they're comfortable, they can then sleep on their belly. Not yeah. a problem. And you only need to go in and help them roll out if they're not happy. Really so stuck. Yeah. Happy, so in those first years, on their belly, yes. you don't need to go back and roll them onto their, otherwise you are never going to get any sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and even then you, you want to roll them back, maybe give them the benefit of the doubt for that first day or two where you go in and you roll them. And then instead of going in and rolling them fully, then try and encourage them to roll by putting their hands in a position where they can get back to their back if they want to slightly taking their leg and and helping them roll rather than doing it like all nudging for them. them yeah like nudging them versus doing it all yeah for them. so exactly. the first step is you're going to be doing it all second step is you're going to start reducing and doing kind of moving their legs and their yeah. arms a little bit for them the third step is you're, you're going to give kinda, them more space yeah, in between give them space and you're just kind of kind of give them a little nudge and then it's space and then they're right because you more been and more time in between this. yeah and because now they know how to do it so you yeah. don't 
you know that they're just relying on you at this point to go and they know how to do it for themselves. So you can safely give them that space and they will roll to however they want to go once they figure out that they can do it and that, you know, you're not going to go in there and do it for them every single time. Mm -hmm. Practicing from a sideline position is a great way too. It's sort of like a little halfway mark Mm -hmm. for them to get in and out either onto their belly or back onto their back from sideline is a great way to learn it. And what you do to one side, you're going to do to the other, right? Because you want to roll both ways as well. So try it on the left side, try it on the right side. Practice, practice, practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one is sitting. That one doesn't typically cause a whole lot of sleep challenges. Um, you may find, you know, a day or two where your little one may fall asleep sitting. Up. Yes, exactly. Um, that's the biggest one I yeah, find with sitting is that, yeah. oh, they sat, they fell asleep sitting up. What do I do now? Do I go back in? Do I lay them down? What do I do? Yeah, so typically that one's a really quick one. Like, it only really happens a couple of times. Once they're getting into that sitting position, getting back out of that sitting position is really easy for them. Yeah, because they use their arms, they just get back down. So really shouldn't be a huge deal if... um, you know, it becomes an issue, then then um, you can work on it from there with lots of practice and lots of games and stuff during the day. But usually like a day or two of falling asleep, sitting up, and they're through that. Um, Next is crawling. And with crawling, it's mostly just that they want to practice. Yes. It's fun. It's new. It's exciting. They don't want to sit still. They, they just want to practice in their crib. So Really just giving them the space, especially if you if you have a child who knows how to f- put themselves to sleep and they're yes. comfortable with it, they're not going to be really crawling around and, and being upset. They're just going to be crawling around and playing. So be mindful that, that they might take a longer time to fall asleep those first few days or a week because this is a novelty. So give them that space. Avoid going in every two seconds to tell them that it's bedtime because then you're just re-stimulating them. Especially if they're hanging out and just kind of crawling around. You you really don't want to interfere with that. But I find it can create anxiety in parents to know that, oh my goodness, they're supposed to be sleeping, but they're playing. I don't know what to do. They're they're not supposed to be playing. And then they go in and they overdo it with the help Mm -hmm. and the intervention when you really just need to give them that space and trust that they'll get their jollies out And then they'll start to get back to their regular sleeping patterns after that. Mm. Uh, That's crawling is a really big one for non at non sleep times. Practice, practice, practice in the crib, because that for them is like, woohoo! This is is so exciting. Look at this. It bounces. I can get over to this side of the crib. I can go to this side of the crib. So that is a big one that I'm like, okay, so between your naps you're going to put laundry away you're going to yep. let them crawl you're going to make sure that Lots sleep sack crib and room play and yes. don't forget to put to lower your crib yes. so before your child reaches that full on crawling your crib should be lowered to the lowest setting because soon after crawling yes. soon after sitting up comes pulling oh, up this right? is the this is the Biggest and it can sleep happen. Disruptor for milestones, I find it is can happen in up. like from one second to the next, just like rolling. Right, once you know that your child is close to rolling, avoid putting them on a bed. Yes, because so it's going to happen. Sure. Murphy's law: it's going to happen that they're going to start crawl, uh, rolling over when you put them on the bed that time, and it has happened to many, many families. So if it does happen to you, it is you know something that you don't have to feel super guilty about, but. 
try to avoid that with the pulling yeah. up by lowering the crib yeah. well in um, advance. I think Ireland was my, I, I think it was Ireland. It could have been Alexa, um, but it was pre-video monitors. And uh, I came in and I was like, I came into the room and I was like, oh, and you know how to stand. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, hi, how was your nap? When did you figure this <laughs> yeah, out? Yeah, um, it just happened. And that's, <gasps> that's, another, a little bit. <laughs> that's another point. If you have a video monitor, um, make sure that before they are mobile to take that and put it somewhere else because I know some yes. people put it on the crib yep. um, but you don't mm-hmm. want that there when they're becoming mobile and they can roll and they can crawl and they can pull themselves up you want to make sure that the cords that come with the video monitors and the video, video monitor itself is nowhere near the baby's reach mm-hmm. so you walk into the room and your little one has pulled themselves up into a standing position mm-hmm. um, and you go and you just put them back down well, here's the thing. No. So once More? they, once they're pulling themselves up, pulling themselves up is is actually an easy enough, right? Once they figure that out, they've got that. That's not a problem. It's the letting go and getting back down that is so so hard for them. The second half of that skill. Yes. So oh my gosh, so many babies like they get stuck essentially, right? And they don't know um, how to get back down. And especially, especially in the crib. Just starting. Yeah, and in the crib where there are rails everywhere. And yes. So just think about yourself. It's so easy to climb a ladder. But to go back down, you're like, okay, Ooh, where's the next step? Gonna... <laughs> right? It takes you way longer to climb yeah. back down a ladder. Than, like, the ladder, you just go, and then you, like, hang up your whatever. And then getting back down. birthday party. And then you're like, okay, now i got to look down, and I'm going to come back down. focus, and I'm going to watch where I'm looking. Tap for the foot pedal there, the stair. So once they get up into that standing position, they don't have that, right? They're like, ah, now I'm really stuck. And this is going to be the exact same thing as rolling. Right? You're going to yeah. go back in. You're going to lay them down. You're not even going to get to the door this time. And they're going to be yeah. standing again. Right? And you're like, And uh, here's where the game of yes. I stand up, you come and lie me back down. Yeah. Yeah, yes. It's a little bit of cause and effect. Going yeah, on again. absolutely. Smart babies. Especially at that age. <laughs> yeah. Especially at that age. So what you want to do is you want to take their hands. Again, this is going to be lots of practice during the day. This is going to be lots of practice at non-sleep times. When in the crib. In the crib, specifically. Um, when they're in that standing position, you can start with taking their hands and helping them get into that sitting position, right? You can do that over Pushing and over and over. back a little bit so that their knees bend. Yeah, and... so that you're getting them into that. So you unlatch their hands, you kind of give them that little, not a pushback, but yeah, exactly what you backwards. said. Move them back a little bit and get them into that sitting position. Um, once they get comfortable with that, then you're going to kind of use one hand so they can get that balance and help them to sit down. And then what you want to do is kind of unlatch their hands. You're standing right there, but unlatch their hands because they're going to start to get their balance a little bit and then say, okay, let's sit down, right? And you can play those games with them. Like if I'm on the outside of the crib, I'm not getting into the crib with them, but if I'm on the outside (laughs) of the crib, right, I can hold on and then I can let go and then hold on really quick and get them to mimic that. I can let go and then I can get down nice and slowly so that they can see how we're doing it. Um, And putting pillows around them during the day while they're at the couch just for that first maybe half a day to build the courage of them falling back and trusting that they can do it as well. 
And you can play those games just even just sitting, right? If your little one, especially if they've mastered crawling, we really want to make sure that they've mastered crawling. But once they're into that kind of standing, like sitting with them face to face on the floor and you're getting them to use your hands to stand up and then you're helping them to get and back into that position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're and getting them. And go while mm-hmm. they're standing up and be like, oh, what are you going to do? Yeah. 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 They're kind of like, ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to lean into you. Yeah, um, they do. Yeah. <laughs> so, so lots of practice with that in that because that's the biggest piece again it's that same thing with that falling back when they're rolling it's the same thing of that like letting go and then trying to get now from this position down to the to the mattress itself but as Heidi said in the beginning it's definitely one of those things cause and effect that game will come into play very quickly and if if this is not something that you're working on and practicing it is going to take you months mm-hmm. to get sleep back on track mm-hmm. if it's taking you months you know that you need to give them more space mm-hmm. yeah and Ideally. again you're the one who is you know taking that action and giving them more space because they will ride that wave as long as you will allow it to happen mama if you're ready to come in 15 times a night i am ready to call you 15 yep. times a night right so yep. if if they know that i stand up she comes in and lays me down i stand up she comes in and lays me down i stand up oh now she's just going to stay here fun right it really does turn into a game very very quickly and that's just neuroscience, right? We keep doing the same thing over and we just build that path stronger and deeper and wider. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, one really important piece when sleep goes off, when there's disruptions due to milestones, especially as your baby is crawling, pulling themselves up after that six months of age, you don't want to compensate with a schedule. Once they are on that schedule, you want to keep that schedule mm-hmm. consistent because mm-hmm. we want to think that circadian rhythm, right, is used to this ebb and flow of awake to sleep, yes. awake to sleep. And if we can maintain that schedule, regardless of what this milestone is doing to their sleep, if we're maintaining that schedule, they're going to get back on track yeah. so much faster because as soon as you start compensating yeah. that schedule, now that circadian rhythm that was nice and kind of ebb and flow, now it is starting to get kind of waves. And now it's, well, now bedtime's no longer at this time and I'm not falling asleep at yep. this time. And now I'm waking this many times a night. Regardless, you want to keep that schedule because that internal clock, keeping that schedule, keeping that internal clock properly wound will be the be the biggest piece for getting them back on track through this um, regression through to, due to those milestones. So if it took them longer to fall asleep on Tuesday night because they started to learn how to pull themselves up, maybe they had a little bit of a rougher night pulling up in the middle of the night. You don't want to let them sleep in yeah. past their regular time on Wednesday because they had that rougher night because then it's going to turn into a whole new cycle of... Now I can't get my schedule back on track and I can't get this back on track. And it just, yeah, that's where things can spiral. So I think the, um, the big piece in this was, uh, practice, 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 and then, um, practice more more. (laughs) and then practice in the And don't do it all for them. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But practice, 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 non-sleep times during the day. In the crib, in the in the living room, wherever they are, practice, practice, practice. You see that skill starting to develop, you want to be on top of that so that that regression is only going, or that milestone blip in their sleep is only going to be a few days and not weeks and weeks, months and months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for joining us on today's episode. We so appreciate that you've taken that time to come and hang out with us and listen to what we have to say. If you are struggling with sleep or parenting, please know that we have loads of free information on the website um, as well as on the YouTube channel. But if after you've read through everything and you've watched those videos, if you're still struggling, know that you're not alone and that we would love to help. So be sure to check out the website, www.restfulparenting.com. You'll find the link to book your free 15-minute call right there. And if you have any comments or anything you'd like to share with us, please leave them below in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks.